of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is the Kenny and JT Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC. You know, it's a big story when something in sports isn't just being talked about on Sports Center or on sports talk shows, right, JT? Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunately what took place last night in Cincinnati in that Bills Bengals game when Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, uh, went to make a normal tackle on wide receiver T. Higgins of the Bengals. Higgins runs through him. Looks like he uh, either helmet or shoulder, he puts it it into the chest of Hamlin. Hamlin makes the tackle. Hamlin gets up and three seconds later collapses, and he remains in critical condition uh, in a Cincinnati hospital. And uh, we're going to go to the hotline right now. And joining us from Ortho United orthopedic surgeon Dr. A.J. Seth, Dr. Seth has also been on the sidelines for many uh, high school games and other games as well as part of the doctors and uh, the EMTs that are there in case anything should happen. Doc, thanks for joining us today. Happy New Year. Uh, How are you, my friend? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Happy New Year to both of you. And and, uh, we know this isn't your area of specialty, Doc, uh, but like I just mentioned, you've been involved with sports specifically football, on the sidelines. And while everybody is supposed to be prepared for this, and uh, most of the EMTs and doctors are, you just never really see it. Uh, For me, this is the first time uh, with what happened to DeMar Hamlin last night. So give us your reaction to when you saw this, Doc. And, uh, you know, what is the preparation uh, on the sideline for EMTs and doctors in case uh, something tragic like this should happen? Yeah, so um, being on the sidelines for all these years, it's something that every trainer or every physician, you know, definitely needs to be familiar with because that's the two things that that I've always studied and knew about, you know, other than orthopedics was, you know, this that he went through and also a spinal cord injury Um, because what he went through is absolutely – so rare. But if you're not prepared to know what to do in that instance, it's, it's where, you know, trouble can definitely occur, you know, in, in causing death. And so, you know, being on the sidelines, you know, you're, you're putting your license, everything online. So if you're going to do this, you got to be prepared for the worst of the worst. And, you know, God forbid you never see it. Um, so let me kind of give a, a background on this. You're going to see this for, you know, they talk about cardiac arrest. Um, the, the, the fancy name of what he had is called commotio cordis. That, that's what word is, what we've always studied and, and knew about. Um, and it's, it's basically a Latin word that means agitation to the heart. So, so let's run down through this. And, you know, normally it's, it's never we have to talk about this kind of stuff, but unfortunately right. we we do today because it's not only what happened yesterday, but I really think 
the public, uh, especially coaches, everything, just need to know what to look for, that, that something like this is so rare. But if you act quickly, this is something that can, you know, you could really help that individual. So this kind of a thing started probably New England Journal reported in 1995 about this. Um, and first of all, how rare is it? There's probably, Kenny and JT, maybe they say 20 cases a year reported. And it's often in, we see it in baseball players. The average age is 15 years old, actually. And it's not even common for over 20, you know, for somebody over 20. And so what is it? It's, you basically are taking a blow to the chest. And the person will have a completely normal heart. There's, it's not one of those. Um, if you remember like Hank Gathers had, or you've seen people with what's called cardiomyopathy in a large heart, where they have a problem with their heart and they just kind of collapse over. This happens to people with completely normal hearts, and it is a direct blow to your heart. Um, It's not damaging the heart. It is just a direct blow to the heart. Now, you not only have to have a direct blow to the heart, when you get that blow, it literally has to be at the most, you know, the, the smallest portion of your heartbeat. So if you take your heartbeat, and, and there's a certain portion, you know, when you see those EKGs that we know where it can happen. But if you spread your heart, the one heartbeat, it is 1% of that heartbeat that has to get that blow. It is so rare. And what happened is, He took the blow. His heart happened to be in that little 1% segment. And what it did was it altered the electrical signals in the heart. Okay? So the heart's a muscle. And in order to contract a muscle, it's no different than electricity. You're sending electrical impulses. So if you imagine, you know, easy way I think of it, if you get a lightning strike to the house, and you get a shock to the outlets. Well, we put surge protectors, everything. Pretty rare you're going to have a lightning hit the house, go and and distort your electricity. But that's what's happened in this case. So he gets hit in the heart by the blow. The heart electrical impulse starts to go haywire. And what it does is if you imagine, just say a grandfather clock, you know, it's like a pendulum going back and forth, and it's, it's always very succinct. And it's, what happens is if you go and hit that pendulum, it'll start to go out of sync. That's what happened to him last night. So the heart's a muscle, and there's four chambers. There's two on top and two on bottom. When the blood fills the bottom chambers, that's what pushes it out. What happens, and you'll read about this arrhythmia, causing, they call it ventricular fibrillation, which is great that they're putting that out there. Nobody, I mean, it, it's not a very common word to understand, but think of it this way. When he got hit, the electrical impulses went kind of crazy. The bottom two chambers, instead of having a normal heartbeat, started to kind of like quiver. That couldn't pump the blood out. So the blood is sitting there, you get no blood out. And the average is about six seconds. So how do you know somebody has this? Okay, it's very difficult. But you know, let's look at what it could have been. So you think could it be a spinal cord injury? 
No, because with a spinal cord injury, you've seen them. They lay there. They're not going to get up, walk around. Okay. The other thing is, could you get what's called a tension pneumothorax or your lungs get a puncture? You're going to get up, but you're going to have trouble breathing. Could it be where one of the arteries rupture? Yeah, but you're not going to get up. So one sign is where somebody gets hit, they kind of walk around, stumble a little bit, and the average time is six seconds, which I was looking at his, is about four to six seconds, and then they go down. So you go and approach them, and there's no pulse, they're not conscious, and they're not breathing. You're not getting any blood pumped out. So the, the survival was extremely low because the only thing you could do is CPR. Well, the difference between this and a, say a heart attack, a heart attack is when there's damage to the muscle, okay? This, there's no damage to the heart. The heart just cannot get into that rhythm to pump the blood. So you do CPR, idea, pump the blood, give the breath to get oxygen. And then they came out with this AED, all right? And AEDs, when I'm on the field, I'll know where the AED is because that's what's really going to help save this person. You know, the survival rate is getting close to 50% if somebody has this. And the reason it's getting higher is because of the availability of the AED. So what's the AED? These AEDs that are out there, uh, and you may see it into little boxes, the AED is called an automated external defibrillator. So if you imagine when we used to be young and we'd see those shows where they put the paddles on and yell clear, that's what these are. And so the use of AEDs and CPR is what is saving these individuals. And AEDs is something that it would be great for everybody to know how to use. Um, They're very intimidating. You would think they're so intimidating because you're like, hey, I'm not a doctor. How do I know to do this? And so here's the story. When what that AED is going to tell you is, is somebody having an abnormal electrical heartbeat? And it's pretty simple to use. It's, the instructions are always there. But if you see somebody go down, you can basically open the AED. There are two paths. You peel one, you put it on the upper right chest. You peel another, you put it on the lower left chest, taking their clothing off. You plug it in. The AED is then going to do things for you. It is going to basically look at the EKG, and it is going to shock the heart if it's an abnormal rhythm. If it's not, it won't. So when you put those leaves on, you back away. Some of them will tell you to hit the button to shock them. Some will do it on its own. Okay? So last night, what is going to hopefully save this individual is they immediately did CPR. They got the AED. And what the AED is going to do, think of it this way. You know, like I said, the grandfather clock is going back and forth, back and forth. Somebody hits it. Now it's going all over the place. Think of it as someone just grabbed that pendulum, held it, and then the clock went right back to how it used to be. Mm, Okay. Okay. That's what an AED does. And so, you know, any sport, again, okay, this is such a rare condition, but this AEDs that they have everywhere is something that every coach, you know, parents, everybody just needs to know where it's at um, at a football game or have you. Mm -hmm. 
it, it's really common in baseball. And Well, I take it back. It's not common in baseball, but it happens in baseball because you get a ball that comes and it hits them right in the chest. I believe right. it happened at a hockey game as well. Doc, excuse me it for did. one second. Uh, yeah. you, you're talking about whatever those Latin terminology for this is, and you go into an irregular heartbeat and it causes cardiac yep. arrest. Am I on the right path here? Yep. Absolutely. My question then is this. What's the difference then between that and AFib? Does AFib not make you go into cardiac arrest? No. AFib, you know, people actually um, will walk around with AFib. Uh, if you remember, I believe it was, uh, Francona actually had um, AFib. And what AFib is, is basically it's an irregular kind of rapid heart rate okay. um, that actually could cause more of a stroke, you know, or heart failure. But in atrial fibrillation, the upper portion kind of beats okay. irregularly, out of sync, okay? Um, but in that, it's going to cause that fast kind of irregular heart rate. Um, it doesn't affect the lower chambers. These lower chambers are what is pumping the blood out. Right. And that's where the problem can become, you know, or, or comes from. Right. Dr. A.J. Seth is our guest from Ortho United. We're talking about uh, DeMar Hamlin last night. Bill's safety uh, makes a, a, what looks to be a normal tackle, took a, a hit to the chest, gets up, then falls down, uh, motionless. Uh, they perform CPR on him, get him in an ambulance, take him to a local hospital. He's in critical condition still uh, at this point in time, and that's the, the, the latest that we know, J.T. Doc, I want to ask you a question. If the player is laying there, and thank you for giving us what the symptoms were, because that was going to be one of my questions. When the doctors from the sidelines come out, EMT, whatever it is, what are they looking for? And they know it's not a spinal cord injury or anything else. And obviously, in this situation, they could tell because, as you said, and you pointed out, not breathing, probably no heart rate. How long can the body go before CPR really takes in? If it, if, I mean, obviously, we know what would have happened if the CPR wouldn't have worked. But what about a lack of oxygen to the brain in that situation? Time, obviously, of the essence, correct? Yeah, it, it's definitely... Um... Of essence. So let's go back, and, and when we, that's a great point you bring up. You, you know, everybody has to realize there's a human component whenever we do stuff. Um, it, it's easy to look back for me now and say, oh, that's what he had. But there's that human component that I actually have. So somebody walks around, stumbles, goes down, okay? I have to go from the sideline out to the field, look at him, evaluate him, go through my brain on me and what could this be and then start treatment. And on top of that, you got to take his shoulder pads off because you got to get to that chest. You got to take the face mask off. So if there's ever a spinal cord injury, you take the face mask off so you can get, you know, to their, to their mouth. So to do CPR, time is of the essence. Um, and everybody, let's put it this way. How long can you go without oxygen? Within about 30 seconds, you know, at 180 seconds, people are going to start to lose consciousness. Um, people have said anywhere from six to 10 months of complete lack of oxygenation. It's hard to come back. Six to um, 10 minutes, Doc? Is that, uh, is, is that yeah. what we're looking at, that window? Yeah. So if you start to tabulate the time, okay, you got to run 50 yards out. You got to evaluate them. I mean, that clock right. is ticking. So you really, 
when you're going out on that field and you see something, while you're going there, you got to be running through what could it be. You know, what are the devastating things? Somebody goes out with a knee injury, I'm not going to run out on the field. You know, but there's some of these where you got to run out, but you have to know ahead of time what you're, you're, you're dealing with. In his case, what's interesting is they got the heartbeat back because they did the CPR, they did the AED. So now his heart rate is back, which is great. Generally, right. it's not going to cause a huge amount of muscle damage. So you got the heart rate. It's coming back. He's, on, he's innovating. Here's the question. The question is, how long did he not get oxygenation to the brain? Right. Um, that's what's going to be a big determining factor in how people do with this condition. Um, and it's hard to say, you know, how just looking at it. Um, but if it comes down to this, CPR is always the first thing. You don't want to say, oh, I need that AED and go run around looking for it. That person's Take not that with you. That's why you got to start the CPR right away. Right. And hopefully somebody else is there. You have them get the AED. But number one thing is the, the two things I could tell for everybody is there's two things that everybody in the public could at least help to try to save a life. And number one is learn CPR. Um, do a course in CPR. Um, I'll be honest. A lot of times you think you don't remember it when you take it, but when you're in that adrenal situation, it will come back. And two, don't be intimidated by the AEDs. You know, be the person who grabs the AEDs and puts it on. Because here's the thing. When you put those stickers on, you guys, it's not going to shock the person if the person doesn't need to be shocked. It's right. taking those readings. So it's not like you're putting it on and you're going to shock someone who doesn't need it. These it's AEDs an EKG, right, Doc? Which, it's yeah, an EKG for you right then and there, and then yep. it turns from an EKG to providing the shock. Absolutely. And it's doing everything for you, but guess what it doesn't do? It doesn't put it on the person. That's where the human right. part comes in. Right. And that's what we need to do is really educate everybody. to. And, and I'll be honest. Before I was even saying it, even for us in medicine, it's, you know, unless you really know what it is, you get intimidated by it. But sure. nowadays, doing the American Red Cross CPR is the number one thing, in my opinion, to help save, save people. Um, Doc, and, and it's real important. Doc, great stuff. Thanks for enlightening us as only you can. We always appreciate it when you hop on with us here on the Kenny and JT Show when we have these situations uh, arise. Um, keep up the great work there. Officially hey, Ortho United now, right? Absolutely, yep. Hey, real quick, one, one second. I know we'll probably be close to break. Make sure for parents out there, um, talk to your kids because a lot of kids were watching this game last night. Don't forget that it's not normal to see something like this. You know, kids see this and they hear about, you know, a player, you know, possibly dying. Just make sure it's not easy to see something like that. And a lot of people may not realize it, but it's something just to make sure, even adults, that that's not a normal thing to see. You know, Kenny, like you said, you haven't ever seen it before. Um, yep. We're human, you know, and uh, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm praying that he makes it through and everything turns out okay. But, you know, um, again, I appreciate you guys having me on. Hopefully I helped out. And, uh, you know, again, hopefully we can get people to, you know, be familiar with the AED and CPR there. Sounds great, Doc. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you again soon, all right? Hey, great. Thanks, guys, as always.